Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to City Church. It's such an honor to have you tuning in with us as we go into week five of our series called Love First. And let me ask you a question as we kick off the conversation today. Um, when you hear the word Christian, what, what comes to mind? Like, how would you define that word, or how would you explain it to someone if they were asking? I was having multiple conversations over the last like seven days, and, and people on all kinds of different spiritual journeys, and inevitably we would get to that question, like, like what does it mean to follow Jesus, or what, what does it mean to you uh, uh, like to be a Christian? And as people would answer that question, they, they would kind of, you know, come up with different answers, but they were all on the same line. Well, it means this, right? Like, like they, they would just kind of propose an idea, and every time someone would kind of uh, flesh out their understanding or their meaning of, of what it means to be a Christian or what it means to follow Jesus, every single answer was, was either incomplete or, or incorrect. And, and uh, again, I, I don't think this is a, like, should be a shocker, by the way. Like Before I, I followed Jesus, before I became a follower of Jesus, I couldn't have articulated uh, what it was that Jesus was inviting me into. But it does represent, I think, a, a danger worth addressing, that there are many people wrestling with faith, many, many people wrestling with what it means to embrace faith or following Jesus. There are some people who are walking away or some people who are questioning or some, some people who are rejecting altogether the idea of Christianity and the idea of faith in Jesus, but maybe we're, we're, we're rejecting and questioning and pushing away something that Jesus never invited us into in the first place. And so I just want to ask you this question, kind of to, to sum up that, that initial thought, and it's this. Did you know that Jesus never called anyone a Christian? Like, like did you know that? Like, he never even invited anyone to be a Christian, and so, so it makes sense that like, we kind of get confused about what it means to follow Jesus, and we have some hard times pinning it down. And, and again, Jesus didn't invite people to be Christians. What he did do is he invited people to follow him, and he did invite people to believe in him. And actually, what I love about Jesus is that he would actually invite people to follow him before they ever even believed in him. Like, it was super cool. Um, and, and he didn't even address the behavior thing on the front end. Like, Jesus really made it simple when it came to understanding the invitation to follow him to, to uh, what we would call being a Christian. But again, that, that word didn't origi originate with him. And so let, let me ask you a question. Like, when you're thinking about what it means to follow Jesus, like, like what is it that comes to mind? And, and where did those things come from? And have you ever wrestled to the ground for yourself, like, what Jesus actually said? Because what I love about Jesus is he, he didn't make it complicated. In fact, he would go out of his way to really help us understand what it means, well, like what the invitation is. He would use word pictures to really help us connect the dots and, and help all of these things come together. And today, specifically, we're going to look at one of the word pictures that Jesus uses to help us understand what this invitation is. And what I love about today's conversation is that the word picture that Jesus uses today is actually where the name City Church was birthed out of as we started this church almost two years ago. And so this whole series, up to this point, five weeks, is, is that this entire thing has been about clarifying the invitation. 
And specifically, it's that Jesus invites us into relationships, that the life of a Jesus follower, we've said it over and over again, is all about relationships. Specifically, first, our relationship with God. Jesus uh, makes a relationship with God available through trusting in him. And then the overflow of our relationship with God is our relationship with God's family. We looked at that last week. And the last thing is that it's not just about our relationship with God and our relationship with God's family, but then it moves into the category of our relationship with those who are not in God's family yet. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about today is, is what does it look like? Like what's Jesus' heart for the world around us? What's Jesus' heart for those who are not in his family yet? And so as you and I look at this conversation, we're going to look at, at one of Jesus' closest followers. His name was John. John was uh, not only like Jesus' like best friend, but he's also one of the eyewitness uh, historical accounts of the life of Jesus that you and I can pick up and read for ourselves. And as, as John would write about the life of Jesus, he would document and capture the life of Jesus over and over again. He, w- he would capture this idea of Jesus being sent. And 42 different times, John uses the word sent to describe the life of Jesus, really, really picking up on a part of his identity. And so let's just start with Jesus. Let's just start with the words of Jesus and the invitation and, and go from there. So John chapter 12, Jesus gives us a very clear uh, word picture. He says, when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. You see it? So Jesus is making two huge claims here. First, he's saying that when you've seen me, you've seen God. Jesus is claiming to be God. You want to know what God's like? You want to know uh, like, like what it means to have a relationship with God? He says, look at me. But then not only am I God, Jesus says, I am sent, as is I'm here for a purpose. And then he tells us what he was sent for. He says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Jesus said, I, I've been sent as light. Now think about it. Like, how would you define light? Like, what does that mean? When Jesus says that he was sent to be a light, what, what does that mean? You know, there's a couple different definitions of, of, of light. Uh, one of them is like not dark. <laughs> okay, I, I like that one just because how simple it is. Uh, another definition of light is, is that which makes vision possible. Right, like, like without light, you and I can't see. Like, like earlier this week, Danielle and I were getting ready for bed, and we were in our little bathroom. We have a tiny bathroom, and so we're like squished in there trying to get ready for bed, brushing our teeth and flossing and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, it kind of turned into like some playful banter because we, we were like push, pushing up against each other. And so then I grabbed like the mouthwash bottle, and I, I like whacked her, and then she grabbed something else, and she would whack me. And we were like had this little like sword battle in the bathroom, and then I ran out of the room. And uh, as we were like trying to, you know, just play around and ha- ha- just joke and have a good time, I like snuck out of the room and turned the lights off. And then I hid in the room so she couldn't find me. And uh, Danielle's not a huge fan of the dark or being scared in the dark. And so, like, she would, like, walk out of the bathroom and walk back in and, like, get nervous. And so back and forth she went. And then eventually she, like, like sat down on the ground and just didn't move. And she was going to, like, wait me out because <laughs> she didn't want me to scare her. And then eventually she just, like, turned the lights on and found me and whacked me with something. And <laughs> so she actually ended up scaring me. But, right, like, when she brought the lights on, it made vision possible. Like, she could see me, whereas in the dark she couldn't. So Jesus said, hey, I, I came to turn the lights on on this, this whole like God conversation, right? Light shows the way. But also he, he uses the word dark. Like he, he came as light into this dark world. What, what, what comes to mind when you hear that word? Right? I, I think sometimes when we hear like Jesus talking about like in this dark world, our minds go negative, right? We immediately think of like, ah, oh, Jesus came to shine a light on all of our badness. And this is where we kind of get into this idea that Jesus came to make us feel bad and guilty. He's going to shine a light on all the, all the ugly stuff in our lives. But let me ask you a question. What, what, what is darkness? 
Darkness is just the absence of light, right? So, so what Jesus is saying is, is he came to bring light to that which we can't see. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever, have you ever had a blind spot like when you're driving? Like the other day, I was picking my kids up from school, and I was about to turn right at, at, a, at a crosswalk, and we were sitting at the light, and like there was this guy walking across the crosswalk, and he was in my blind spot, and, and so luckily we weren't going, uh, but then when I finally saw him, he scared like the junk out of me, man. I mean, he was right there, and I'm like, there's a person like right there, and I couldn't see him, right? In the same way, that's the reality with our lives, isn't it? Like, you probably have some blind spots emotionally, right? Just me, <laughs> probably, right? You, you, you have any blind spots relationally? You have any blind spots financially? Is it possible that you have some blind spots spiritually? Right? That's, that's what Jesus is having this conversation about. He says, hey, you've been in the dark on this relationship with God thing, and I, and I came to shine some light on it. I came to show you the way. I came to fix what you can't see. And, and as he shines light on it, it becomes very clear what the invitation is. It's not try harder, do more, become more religious, avoid these behaviors, don't do those things, grit your teeth, work harder, show how how serious you are about this God thing, right? The invitation is very simple. Jesus shines the light on the reality that we are invited to trust in him. Jesus says, trust in me, believe in me, right? He uses that word right here so that all can what? Trust in me and will no longer be in the dark. Trusting in Jesus, that's believing he was who he said he was and he can do what he said he would do. Jesus says in Mark 1, to trust or to believe and to repent. He uses the word repent, which literally means to change the way that you think or rather to change the way that you see things. Jesus says, I want you to see this relationship with God conversation the way that I see it. And so then you got to ask about the motive. Like what's the motive behind shining light and trusting? Like what am I, what am I trusting in and what's this all about? It's about, it's about God's love for me and for you and for the world. John, one of, one of Jesus' closest friends that we're looking at now, he, he wrote another letter. And in that letter, he said that, that uh, we love God only because he first loved us. Right? The, 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 it's not us manufacturing or finding it ourselves, but God demonstrated his love for us through Jesus, that's what the light is about. Now, here's the deal. I live in Boulder, Colorado, right? You, you might live here too. And 93% of our population here in Boulder, Colorado is disconnected from, from uh, well, technically they, they would fall into the category of, of religiously not affiliated, okay? What that means is that like over 93,000 people in our city wake up every day and they don't really give God a, a second thought, right? It's like not, not even on their radar. They're not waking up thinking about it. And so as there's 93,000 plus people in our city going about their day and not giving God a second thought, you know what this means? It means that God loves them anyway. God is pursuing them anyway. God is working his way to them anyway. And that's amazing because he did it for me. If you're a follower of Jesus, he did it for you. And that's the amazing love of God. And what Jesus is trying to help us understand is that experiencing the love and the forgiveness of God, that's what changes everything. That's what he came to shine a light on. And listen, when you and I experience the love and the forgiveness of God, that's when the lights come on. That's what Jesus is saying. Does this make sense to you guys? Right? It's a really helpful word picture. So the last couple of weeks, right, we've been unpacking the, this entire conversation that the life of a Jesus follower is not me doing stuff for Jesus. It's Jesus living his life in and through me. As I have a relationship with Jesus, it's him living his life in and through me. And so then you got to ask this question. Listen, if you made a decision to follow Jesus... And, his, and following him is 
Jesus living his life in and through me, when Jesus says that he is sent as light, what does that mean for you and I? Check it out, Matthew chapter 5. Jesus tells us it means that you are the light of the world. Wait, wait. I thought Jesus was the light. Exactly. That's how this thing works. It's amazing. Jesus says, you follow me. I'm going to make my life public through you. I'm light. You're light. I'm sent. You're sent. You see it? Jesus reiterates it a couple of times just to help us really have clarity in the next verse. In John 17, he says, as he's praying for us, just as you sent me, talking to God, just as I'm sent into the world, he says, I am sending them, my followers, into the world. Jesus goes on in John 20. He says it again. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. You are the light of the world. Let's go back to Matthew 5 here. A city set on a hill that can't be hidden. I need you to catch this. Jesus is painting another word picture that would have absolutely captured the attention of his audience as he's speaking. A city set on a hill. You know why that's a big deal? Because they would literally find a strategic location, a hill, if you will, Set up, build a city on top of it, make it out of white limestone so that literally you could see it for miles. It would be like a beacon for miles. And so when Jesus says that you are, are the light of the world, a city on a hill, what he's saying is that all of your life is strategically purposed and planned. What that means for you and I is that, that you and I were created on purpose and for a purpose. And specifically, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, he's saying that you're a light, you're a city strategically placed. Let me ask you a question. Where do you live, work, and play right now today? Where do you live, work, and play? Jesus is saying, none of that is an accident. How'd you end up in Boulder, Colorado? Well, you know, I moved here for the mountains, or I moved here for a job, or, you know, I'm here to go to school. No, 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 no. No way. Jesus is saying, you didn't just move here for the mountains. God sent you here. You are strategically placed in this city where you live, where you work, where you play, the hobbies that you have, the gifts that you have, the interests that you have. Jesus has put you in those places because you're meant to be a light to those areas. And here's why. You say, well, why, why would God send me? Why is there purpose and, and like the strategy to it? It's because, because God loves you and he loves the 93,000 other people in this city who are not a part of his family yet. And he is sending you into those spaces, uniquely you, and your light's going to shine in such a way, it's unique, right? You're going to shine in probably different ways than I'm going to shine. You're going to engage in circles that I'm not going to engage in. You're going to work in places and play in places and live in places that I'm not going to be. And so he's sending you uniquely into a place to light things up, to show people the way, to make vision possible of God's love for those around them. And for the record, this is not an invitation to be super weird and spiritual, right? We're, we're, not, we're not religious people. We're Jesus people. And this is something profoundly amazing about how normal Jesus was and how, how supernatural his love was. And so God has placed you. He has, has put you on purpose for a purpose in a place to be light to those around you. Now, he goes on in verse 15. He says, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but rather they put it on a stand, right? You don't hide a light. You put it on a stand so that it gives light to all the house. So what's the plan? 
right? That's immediately where my mind goes. Okay, if I'm light, I'm put here strategically on purpose, great. What's the plan, Jesus? And, and as like the visionary leader at City Church, I'm constantly asking that question. Like right now, February 2021, Jesus, what's the plan? And I'm looking at outreach. I'm looking at strategy and I'm looking at all these things. Are we doing enough? Are we, are we serving enough? Are we helping our city enough? Are we engaging enough? Like constantly, like are, are, we, are we doing all of these things? That's where my mind goes. And so I was talking with our staff about like our outreach strategies and how to serve our city well. And then I pulled away way, got alone with God, and I asked him, God, what's the plan right now for City Church? And God reminded me of something that I already know, and that, that he's told me before, but he reminded me again, and he said, here's the plan, Drake. You are the plan, Drake. I'm like, oh. And then he told me, you are the plan. And we are the plan. And I was like, yeah, like, way to go, God. That's why you're in charge, right? Like, you got this thing figured out. And I was like, oh, of course. Like, you are the light. We are the light. There's not like this, this marketing strategy to, to being light in the world. And the point is this, that it's not, it's not bigger lights, right? It, it's, not, it's not how big can we get the candle. It's not how many people can we shove in a room on a Sunday. It's about more lights. It's not about a bonfire. It's about the multiplication of more lights in our city, right? Our, our, our mission here at City Church is to help people find their way to God from where they are. What that means is they're not, we're not waiting for them to stumble across our light. It means that we're taking our light to them, right? And so, so as we're wrestling through the question, you got to ask, like, like, okay, well, what's the plan? You are the plan. I am the plan. We are the plan. Not, not a bigger light, not a weekend service, but more lights in the city. And so one of the goals here at City Church over, over the next year is that we're going to create a sense of permanence here in Boulder for the longevity of, of having a multiplying church in and for the city, and that we're going to have a multiplication aspect of more lights. And so um, one of those goals is that for City Church to have a sense of permanence long-term, that we would have 150 people call City Church their home on a monthly basis by the end of the year. So let me ask you a question. What, what, what's more effective when it comes to lighting up a place? 60 lights or 150 lights? Right? The reality is more lights means more light, right? It's better. So it's, not, it's not bigger. It's not bonfire. It's more lights multiplying and multiplying. And when you take 150 lights and you put it into a, a city of 93,000 people, what, what, what do you immediately recognize? We need more lights, right? And so it's constantly about the invitation. Jesus has a heart to bring people into the family of God. And he's saying, you are the plan for that. And I, I was talking to one of my coaches earlier this year, uh, or actually earlier like this month, and um, he, he said that if everyone at City Church brought one person into the family of God, not, not just to a weekend service, like that's part of it, but it's a way bigger journey than that. If everyone at City Church brought one more person into the family of God, then we would, we would grow to 150 people. We'd grow to 150 lights. We'd grow to a bigger influence in our city. The family of God would be more crowded in all the right ways. Right, Jesus is saying, this is my heart for the world, that there are a lot of people that aren't in my family yet, and I'm sending you to them. And he goes on in verse 16, check this out. And he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they might see your, and you got to pause. All right, Jesus, what's the plan? Like, like all right, I'm the light, that's great, I'm the plan, woohoo, but like, like what, what are we going to do? <laughs> he says, you're going to live in such a way that people see your church attendance 
And they're like, dang, that person's a good Christian. Right? That, that, that they see your City Church sticker on your car. That they see the verse that you post on your story on Instagram. That they, that they see the, the Bible app on your phone. or right? that, that they hear the, the conversation and your theological knowledge and your apologetic approach to a faith conversation. And they go, whoa, that person's a really good Christian. Right? Jesus says, no, that, that's not the strategy. You are the plan, and here's how you run the play. Your good works. He says, let your light shine, and he gives us the definition of light, in such a way so that they might see your good works. That's what light looks like. People don't look at you, they don't look at me, and they don't just say, wow, he's like a really nice guy. (laughs) Or like, man, he's a really like like churchy person, right? No, no, no. What is it? Good works. That people look at you and they look at me where we live, work, and play, doing the normal life of God, how God has created us to be as an IT engineer, as a graphic designer, as a, as a, as a stay-at-home mom, and as a doctor, and, and uh, um, I mean, you name it, right? you start filling in the, as a dent puller and all these things that we do. And in those spaces, people look at us and they watch us and they say, are you kidding? Who, who's that generous? Who's that loving? Who's that nice? Who's that genuine? Who's that sincere? Who carries that kind of integrity? Who cares about other people in the workplace like that? People just look at us. Who neighbors like that? Like, like who, who does that? And there would this, be this balance of normal people with extraordinary love. And here's what Jesus says will happen. When they see your good works, they're going to glorify not you and not me, but our Father it would be so radically different that they wouldn't say, oh, Drake's such a nice guy. They say, man, there's something, something different going on. Here's the invitation from Jesus. He's inviting us and he's reminding us of identity. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is not like a will be, could be conversation. He says, listen, I didn't call you Christians. I said that you're light. You are light. Emphatic, present tense verb. Not you will be, not you could be, not when you had your cup of coffee, not on your good days. You are light. Everywhere you go, everywhere you are, you are light. And here's the reality. Light always shows the way. Always. Jesus is reminding us of a source of our identity because out of our identity flows our activity. So I was thinking about some of the people in our church um, and, and watching them be themselves, their unique disposition of light. And then simultaneously watching their gifts and, and where they live, work, and play all come together in a way that looks incredibly different than we've ever seen. Let me, let me show you this in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus kind of wraps up the whole conversation. Um, um, at the end of, of his life, he, he's like, okay, uh, this is right after he was buried and rose again, right? So Jesus, he, he's been crucified. He was buried. He rose again three days later, proving that he was who he said he was. And so then he says, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, right? He's just reiterating, hey, hey I am who I said I, I am. I, I did what I said I was going to do. And as Daniel comes up, I, I, want, I want you to lean into what he's about to say here. I am who I said I am, and as you follow me, go. 
Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That word disciples, it literally means followers. Go and make disciples of all nations. And a lot of times when we read this, as followers of Jesus, we hear the emphasis on go, that verb, go, 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 go. But that's not actually the, the operative verb in this sentence structure. A better translation for this could be, as you go, make. You are the light of the world, and light always does what it's going to do. It's going to shine. It's going to show the way. And Jesus is saying, as you go, where you live, work, and play, you've been strategically placed a city on a hill. And as you go, make disciples. Help people find their way to God from where they are. Help people outside of the family of God get into the family of God. Help people find their way to God by the way that you love and by the way that you serve, by the way that you carry yourself. And here's the reality. If, if you're on the other side of this conversation and you're a follower of Jesus, odds are you're a follower of Jesus because someone else was light to you. Or you can probably identify them. Or maybe there's a couple people, a couple lights that God sent your way. And you know what? They probably didn't roll in like big shots, right? They probably didn't roll in like, oh, look at me. I'm a city on a hill. I'm the light of the world, right? What did they do? They, they were probably intentional with the way that they loved you. But they weren't weird about it. They weren't over the top. They just consistently were revealing to you the love of God. And God's love for you was being demonstrated in and through them. And eventually, you realized that was for you, that God loved you. And then you made a decision to follow Jesus. And in that same way, Jesus is saying, in, in, uh, in the same way that you came into my family because someone else was light to you, I'm sending you out as light into the world to help other people come into my family in the same way that you did. You are light. For some of you, you've been wrestling with faith for a minute, and the reality is, as you, as you reflect on it, God has been sending some people into your life. You've had quite a few lights around you, maybe one in particular that stands out, and there's been this light just shining, and you're seeing like these glimpses of the love of God off of this person, and maybe for the first time today, you're realizing that God put that person in your life to be a light to strip away the darkness, to, to make you have that opportunity, the ability to see God's love for you. And maybe for the first time today, you're ready to say, man, I, I believe that Jesus is who he said he was. I believe that God loves me. I believe Jesus died for me. And I want a relationship with him. I want you to save me and set me free. Right? If you're, if you're ready to take that step in that direction and follow Jesus, I want to encourage you. You can pray that prayer right now. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again so I could have a relationship with God. And I want to follow you today. If you're ready to make that decision, man, I want you to text in the word follow. Let us know that we, so that we can serve you and come alongside you because you're not just adopted into the family of God as a child of God, but also into a bigger family. We can live life together. We're here for you. So as you wrestle with the, 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 the wrap-up of this conversation, let me give you one prayer just to kind of chew on, and it's this. God, what's my next step 
If, if I'm light, if I'm the plan, if you put me in Boulder on purpose and for a purpose, if, I, if where I live, work, and play, it's all intentional and it's all strategic and you have me there as light, what, like, what's my next step? And maybe if you're a follower of Jesus, this is you praying for your three VIPs. We, we, we talk about this often. It's three very important people, three people that God has put in your life where you live, work, and play that are not a part of the family of God yet. And maybe it's realizing today that God has strategically put you there to be a light to them with your words and your actions. That as, in, as, as you and I look at our lives and we wrestle with what it means to be a light, we, we realize that God has placed us there on purpose and for a purpose. And so maybe you start to pray for them by name. God, give me an opportunity to serve my friends, my neighbors, my coworkers, my family members. And give me an opportunity to share your love with them. Or maybe as you're, as you're engaging in this conversation and as you're engaging in community, community and you're asking this question, God is telling you, not, like maybe you're making a step. Like maybe today you're giving your life to Jesus. And you need to follow up and let somebody know. Or, or maybe you've just recently given your life to Jesus and your next step is baptism. And you, you need to let somebody know and, and, and celebrate publicly what Jesus has already done privately. Maybe your next step is joining this family that your light would be encouraged, that as you join in the family, you also join in the mission of the family. And so maybe you'd sign up for Growth Track and you start to get plugged into City Church. Maybe it's just this week showing up in group and asking for encouragement and help as you evaluate what it means to be light in the world around you. But hear me, you are light. So go shine.